You know, I, I, I don't know what to say, to be honest with you guys. Um, I'm just really thankful to be in this position. You know, I, I didn't get to the press room in my dreams, so I don't, you guys are going to have to ask me some questions. <laughs> Scotty Scheffler is the new Masters champion, the world number one. What an incredible display at Augusta National. Holding on at the end after, a, let's face it, a bit of a... Well, what can we say? A bit of a ropey finish. He, he looked like he struggled to get the ball in the hole on the 72nd, but he did, and he's now the proud owner of a green jacket. Hello, Michael McEwen here on the Masters Commute in association with Titleist. What a Master Sunday that was, full of all the drama, excitement and so on that we've come to expect from this great tournament. And I've got a couple of guests to finish off the Masters Commute week joining me. One on the line right now, you've probably been listening to her if you're in the UK, BBC's Iona Stephen. Hello, Iona. Hello, Michael and Sean. It's, uh, yeah, it's been quite the week here. We're part of the BBC commentary team. Um, we've producing, uh, been producing highlights every day and I've got to say that was a real way to finish the week. We had an absolute hoot in the commentary box today and oh, it was filled with so much drama and so much entertainment. And I'm ready to to celebrate now on behalf of Scotty Scheffler and kind of Rory McIlroy in a weird kind of way. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. We'll come to that. A typical Scott looking to go out and celebrate, but uh, <laughs> the, the less said. And as you rightly point out, my other guest here from Golf.com, Sean Zach. Hello there, Sean. How are you doing? It is great to fly across the pond through the airwaves, and uh, I'm doing really well. It's been fun. A uh, really fun week. A weird week. The weather has been bizarre. Scotty Scheffler has kind of been in control, but I don't. I don't really quite know how to describe this Masters. Like it's going to be, we're going to remember this as like the happiest day for Scotty Scheffler, the happiest day for Rory McIlroy, one of the saddest days for Cameron Smith. It's 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 been just a properly weird Masters. Weird is probably the word, Sean. Before we go any further, I should point out, and Iona, you'll be interested in this as well. But Sean. You are moving to Scotland this (laughs) summer for, what is it, three months? Yes. June, July, and August, I am going to be living in St. Andrews. And uh, Yeah, I I don't quite know what that means for me, frankly. Um, (laughs) It means a lot of golf, hopefully. Hopefully meeting a lot of the locals. It means that we're going to be neighbours, I'll tell you that. That is great news. I was saying that to Iona, that you actually live in St. Andrews, so you can probably give them the lowdown on the best places to go, and more importantly, how to get a tea time on the old course. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm one that possesses the Lucky Links ticket, so <gasps> uh, I'm your girl, Sean. If you speak to me nicely, then you never know. We might end up yeah. on the first tee together. Don't commit to, right now to liking me <laughs> or to helping me. Wait till I get over there, and then you have a pint with me, and then, then you can see if you want to help me out. And of course, if there's room in that three ball or four ball for the person who made it happen, the facilitator, then of course, I'll be only too happy to join <laughs> Well, in. yeah, I usually, I like to take a caddy, Michael. So you're oh, oh, low blow. <laughs> We've only been doing this, but three minutes, 13 seconds, and she's gone there already. <laughs> But look, thank you both for joining me. It's a, it's a, a very much appreciated indeed, especially at the end of what's been a long Master Sunday, what's been a, a very busy week for you both. Sean, I'm going to come to you first, if that's OK. Just your first reflections on Scotty Scheffler winning. You know, the he's actually the second world number one in three years following DJ. Mm-hmm. There hadn't been one since Tiger Woods in 2002 before that. So the smart money would have been on Scotty not winning 
yeah. this week, especially given the streak he's been on. Three wins in the five events coming into this week. I think a lot of us, myself included, thought it was almost implausible and impossible that he could win the Masters this week. I think everyone in golf is just asking when will this end in part because like we didn't expect it to happen to begin with we didn't expect scotty to rise to world number one we didn't expect him to win three times this year let alone four times i don't think we necessarily pegged him as a major favorite this year but it's an all-time heater it isn't it reminds me of when jason day won a bunch of times in a row i believe in 2015 when spieth won a bunch of times in a row in 2015 that's it's been a while since we've had a heater like this and so we're going to look back on this Masters, I guess, as the actual coronation of an all-time heater. The the ultimate, like, four and six weeks, four and six events, like, that is, it's Tiger-esque. And I don't like to say that. I really, I hate when people say Tiger-esque, <laughs> but you have to say it now. You do. I mean, Iona, you look back to February the 12th. Scotty Scheffler had zero PGA Tour wins. It's now <laughs> April the 11th. He has four, yeah. including a WGC and the Masters. It's quite extraordinary to think of the last couple of months that he's been on. What's been the the secret as far as you're concerned? Well, I think the secret might have something to do with his bag man, Ted Mm -hmm. Scott, who Mm -hmm. already has two green jackets with Bubba. But some amazing stats I saw um, on the collaboration. Before Ted Scott was on the bag, he had 62 PGA starts, no wins, and approximately $8.5 million dollars in earnings since he's had ted on the bag he's had nine pga starts four wins and over nine million dollars of earnings so i think you can see there's a serious spike going on there and sometimes it takes that you know i think that you know the role of the player in the caddy often gets underplayed in golf and there aren't many other sports if any where you have that person by your side through thick and thin in the heat of battle and when the pressure was on ted was there with the experience guiding them around and you know, even when things looked a little bit shaky on the 18th green and he suddenly, you know, the first one he missed, we, we were laughing. The second one we missed, we thought, oh, hang on a minute. You know, there's a bit of chicken on this bone. And he just <laughs> stepped off. And the first person he looked at was Ted. And he's there. Um, they're a phenomenal team. You could see how proud Ted was of him when he was, I was just watching him receive the, 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 the green jacket on the on the green there in the presentation ceremony. And um, I think that could be the, the secret sauce. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It's funny, Sean, you know, I, I watched Scotty, we were both there together actually in the first tee, and I remember turning to you and saying, you know, does he ever get flustered? You know, he, he was so chilled out. He was coming into the day, what was it, with a three-shot lead. You know, that can go very quickly. That can go in the first hole if you're not very careful. It so, nearly I mean, did. It nearly did, that's right. So, I mean, he, he really didn't have any right to look as relaxed and as confident and as chilled out as he did, but that clearly is uh, a part of his success as well. I think when I think about that, I think about what he did yesterday. His last hole before the fourth round, his 18th hole on Saturday, he had his worst tee shot of the entire week. He hits it into a spot on 18, left of the fairway, left of the first cut, the second cut, left of the beginning of the pine strut, left of left of left. And (laughs) what did he do? He paused. He thought, how do I get this up there in five? You know, everyone in the entire media center and on the course was thinking, this guy's making six. But he just took his time. And that's where I think the caddy comes in. 
he was he was moving pine straw before he took the drop. Things that I think I think a lot of people don't really quite understand that that's a move that you can make because pine straw theoretically is just leaves. That's how he was treating it. He, he's just he's a very calm player. Um, and I, I actually walked around the course with his agent Blake Smith um, yesterday, and I was just asking him like, when is the pressure going to hit Scotty? Because it hits everyone eventually. The pressure hit Tiger Woods. The pressure of being world number one, pressure of having press conferences every week. When is it going to hit this guy? And he's like, honestly, it, it might hit him this week. It might hit him in two years. It might hit him in two weeks. I think he's going to handle it really well whenever it does. And so, yeah, I don't know if the pressure's hit him yet. He probably is going to say, like, look, I, I never got this far in my dreams, like he said a couple weeks ago. So, I don't know like what makes him so good, but the pressure doesn't scare him. And I don't know if that's ever going to scare him. He's just so calm and collected. I think you're right. It's funny you mentioned pine straw as well. I had an epiphany yesterday. I was walking on the course and you're just like taking in the, the lovely sight of the pine straw, the beautiful scent of the pine straw. And then it struck me that pine straw is effectively just dead Christmas trees. And all of a sudden, the magic <laughs> has somewhat happy. gone. So <laughs> there you go, everyone. I've just spoiled the Masters for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have dead Christmas trees all over Augusta National. Correct. Right, you're telling us. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a dead Christmas tree. It's a Christmas tree graveyard. You that, might not be invited back here. Potentially not. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking my chances. Cam Smith, look, there's a guy who, if anyone is entitled to feel a little bit bad tonight and probably doesn't need to hear the Christmas trees line it's probably Cam Smith <laughs> because you know he came into this week I think a lot of people were backing him I know I certainly was he had a, a great one at the players a month ago the great run here previously and it all just went wrong for him on the back nine where it tends to go wrong at Augusta with that let's be honest it was a really extraordinarily bad tee shot mm -hmm. at 12. Iona how do you think Cam Smith can bounce back from this? Because Augusta seems to be a place that he likes, but contending mm -hmm. and winning, two very different things, and now he's got scar tissue. Yeah, well, that's, that's you know, what can happen. The scar tissue can build up. I think it was Bob McIntyre, actually, that was talking about the effect he was feeling of, you know, last year he came to the Masters and he had no memories. He had, you know, just that kind of youthful exuberance onto the course and this year he was saying you know I've already got memories stored so I don't feel quite <laughs> as free out there. Now Cameron Smith you know he's made the cut in all five of his Masters appearances he's was the runoff in 2020 he's come here again and put on a, a phenomenal show it's that 12th hole it so often plays the protagonist in the drama that unfolds in the back nine of the Masters and it did once again that's why it's such a superb hole it's devilishly difficult and and, and it gave us our plot. But I think things really, you know, it was this narrative that started to unfold from the very beginning of, of the day's round. I think that the fact he kept going, he made birdies on 15 and 16. And then I just noticed this moment walking up 18. He just stepped back for a moment. Yeah. He let Scottish Scheffler come up, enjoy the moment. And I think that's a real reflection of the maturity he has on, you know, he's 28 years old, but he's a very considered young man and I and I think already the fact he was able to compose himself between 12 and walking to the 15th tee and go on to make two birdies in that that final stretch is a reflection of uh, the way that he's able to control his emotions I don't think he takes things too seriously so I'd be saying watch out for him next year scar tissue pah, sods to that he'll be back <laughs> Sean what is it about the 12th hole that seems to constantly play such a pivotal role in this tournament because it's confusing 
You know, I actually talked to Colt Nost, the CBS uh, broadcaster, maybe a week ago, and he said his first time playing this golf course, the wind on 11 was in his face, and he, was, he played extra club into that green. It's a really tough hole, and it, it made sense. The wind is into my face. He gets on the 12th tee, and now those two holes essentially run in parallel, so the wind should be the same. But his caddy said, no, no, wait. The way things swirl here, the wind actually breaks up in the trees over there and it comes around this way. And I think the wind will actually be helping you on 12. And I was just like, it's broke my brain. Like this doesn't make <laughs> any sense. And I think that that is the best way to explain that hole is that on a day like today or, uh, you know, the last three rounds, we've had a lot of wind out here mm-hmm. and it, it can really just screw with your club decision. It's not even so much that the wind will hold your shot up. It's more that it, it invokes some sort of doubt. It's like, is this an eight or is this a nine? Do I hit a draw or do I hit a fade? Everyone has stood over a golf ball being unsure of whether this shot is better than that shot. And it's not even so much the wind that hurts the shot. It's that it hurts what you're feeling in your hands. And yeah, I mean, when you saw Cam Smith almost immediately after impact, just started walking away from where he was standing. He said, that's in the water. Don't even have to watch it. Hated it instantly. (laughs) Hated it. It, It's such a funny video because all the fans at Amen Corner are watching intently. Will this get over the over Ray's Creek? And Cam Smith stopped watching because he knew where it was going to go. And then suddenly it splashes, and everyone's like, "Oh wow, yeah." (laughs) That's why you'd reacted the way you did. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just it's the ultimately it's the most confusing hole I think maybe in the world and. It delivered again. I, I kind of hate it for ever. I've never played this course, never played that hole, and I hate that hole by proxy because of how much everyone else hates it. But it's also a great hole. You have to love it, but you also have to hate it. You certainly do. One of the great holes in golf, no question about it. Loads more coming up on the Masters Commute in association with Titleist. It takes great determination and perseverance to qualify for a major championship. It also takes complete trust in your golf ball. That's why the majority competing at this year's Masters will be teeing up the Pro V1 or Pro V1X. For them, earning an invitation is just the beginning because the passion, desire, and commitment to be your best never ends. Titleist, the most played ball at the Masters and the number one ball in golf. Welcome back. Part two of the Masters Commute podcast in association with Titleist, here live at Augusta National, Michael McEwen. I'm joined by Sean Zach from Golf.com and Iona Stephen, who's been working with the BBC all week. And she informs me that Ken Brown, no less, is sitting opposite <laughs> her right at this very second, listening to and monitoring all her answers. You better bring your good stuff now, Iona. My <laughs> word. I can't let the BBC team down now. Ken's here tucking into his fruit pot. He's been devouring these all week. You've never seen a man love fruit more than Ken Brown. This week in the content centre at the Masters, he's been to the to the right-hand side of me, Andrew Cotter diagonally across the table, and occasionally we've had Ned Michaels pop in as well to give us a yank in the box. So I've been in very good company, learning from the, the Masters in the commentary game. Fantastic. What kind of fruit is uh, Ken's go-to? It must be peaches out here, surely. No, the, well, you may have heard there's um, a supply demand in the peaches. Yes. So Ian Stoddart and I of, of Bounce Management are planning to bring Scottish peaches to him Augusta next year. But for now, it looks like he's got <laughs> pineapple, some melon and strawberry. 
Fantastic. Solid choices there, Ken. Solid choices. We will move on from Ken Brown's fruit pot and discuss a couple of the other main talking points from this incredible final day of the 86th Masters Tournament. Rory McIlroy. Look, for a while, I think we were probably all thinking, here we go, Rory's going to backdoor another top 10 and instead produced something a bit more special than that. A 64 for Rory this afternoon, including an absolutely remarkable hole out from uh, the the bunker. On 18 for a, a remarkable three, it was... Just stunning to watch. I don't think I'll ever get bored of watching Rory do what he did there. He ended up finishing second. The career Grand Slam will have to wait for another year. Iona, what can Rory take away from this week? Well, it's his best finish year for a start. He'd finished fourth in the past. I think that was in 2015. So he can take that. He's still climbing up the way. That's the trajectory you want. I think what we all know about Rory McIlroy is... Something happens on the final day when the pressure is off. And to be honest, when he's not in contention anymore, that is when the magic of Rory McIlroy emerges. And I just wish someone could say to him on the Monday morning of a major, Rory, you're 12 back. It's Sunday. Go. And let's let's see what happens. Because, you know, it. It's got to be mental that, you know, what he produced today, as we so often see with McIlroy, when he plays himself out of the tournament, you, you better not take your eyes off him for too long because he somehow manages to come right back up. I mean, a 64. Colin Morikawa playing alongside him, what a group that would have been to follow. He shot a 67 today and it was totally overshadowed by the pure brilliance of McElroy. To start birdie par birdie around Augusta National, you knew something special was coming. The chip in on 10 was just superb. And after that, you thought, right, here we go. Eagle on 13. And it was really him applying the pressure and turning the turning the screw on, on Scotty Scheffler as we headed in. And I was doing a little bit for the BBC Five Live earlier on and we were saying, what does McElroy need to finish? And we thought, you know, he kind of needs to birdie his way in. I uh, finished a total of seven under par, but eight under a 64 today. It was just phenomenal. It was ridiculous, that round of golf, wasn't it? And, and Sean, you mm-hmm. know, Rory was going along so well. Then the, the challenge was kind of derailed at 15 and 16. He had a, a couple opportunities there that he didn't really capitalise on. He had a double cross off the tee on 15 that really made up his mind that he couldn't go for the green in two. I'm not sure that would have been the play anyway, because I've seen so many players go for the green in two and end up suffering, whereas those that have laid up, a, a fair proportion of them have gone on to make birdie this week. He had another makeable birdie opportunity at 16, and just when you thought it was all over, that all the magic had evaporated, he mm. produced what he produced on 18. Is it a case that Rory needs to believe that every day is Sunday when it comes to major <laughs> championships? No, I, he is too damn good to to continue this major list streak. Uh, we're going on, I think, coming up on eight years mm. now since his last major win. He, he's just too good. And I think I think it's going to, if he just keeps playing his game, it's going to add up. This was a great moment for him, though. He, he called it the happiest moment he's ever had on a golf course which is incredible for someone who's won four majors and who didn't win today. But it, you could see it in his face. He didn't know what to do with his hands. You know, there's a funny quote in the, the American film, uh, Talladega, Talladega Nights, Nights yeah. where Ricky Bobby doesn't know what to do with his hands. Rory had that today where he's like, he punched his hands out both at the same time and then he pulled it back in and he punched him out again. Uh, it was amazing to watch him just be so, so happy and I don't know if it means anything. I don't know if he will perform better moving forward, but it has 
it's got to be the best that second place has ever felt. Uh, it's got to be the most fun that second place has ever looked like. And I bet he has a, a hell of a time tonight. He probably well, he, he he's a big wine guy, so he'll mm-hmm. probably uncork a bottle, maybe two. Um, I'm sure he'll he'll toast with Harry and and just kind of relax and be like, "Holy cow, that was leaving Augusta National with a smile," yes. as opposed to many years where it's just like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you didn't do it again." Yeah, Iona, Sean Mm -hmm. makes a really good point there because when Rory comes back next year for what will be his Mm -hmm. ninth attempt at the Career Grand Slam, his most recent Mm -hmm. memory is going to be that on 18 Mm -hmm. where he splashed out of the bunker and into the hole. That's got to be a good thing to come back with. Absolutely. You talk about scar tissue. I don't know what the opposite of that is, but he's accumulated (laughs) No scar tissue, I presume. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think tonight, if anything, him, Harry and the rest of the gang, they'll be celebrating the greatest second place finish in major history. (laughs) It's a good way of putting it. Look, I have to touch on Tiger Woods as well. Those were extraordinary scenes out there. Again, Sean, we watched, as I said, Scotty and Cam Smith tee off. Mm -hmm. Then we went round to the 18th when Tiger was coming up the hole to finish up and I haven't seen scenes like that on a golf course for a very very long time particularly considering this was Tiger's worst finish as a professional in the Masters he ended up finishing in a tie for 47th he was never really in the ball game yeah but what an ovation he got from the patrons it's a huge stepping stone for this guy uh he was an impossible golfer to cover this week Literally, just couldn't see the guy. Like it was, it was eight to ten deep, just about every single shot in terms of patrons watching him. So he, it made it actually very difficult to do our job. We are not unlucky. We are lucky people to be yes. doing this job. But um, that was what the scene was like. It was the first tee was probably unlike anything I'd experienced here at Augusta. But it's a huge stepping stone. Like I think he thinks he's going to play the PGA Championship. He committed today to playing the last major of the year, the Open Mm -hmm. at St. Andrews. That being a flat golf course will probably make it even tougher for us to see the guy. Yes, exactly. Uh, But this is huge. I mean, he... He may not have actually had four competitive rounds this week, but he did get four competitive rounds. Mm -hmm. You know, he really was in contention, I guess, for two rounds. And that that is something for him to build off of. I think maybe three weeks ago, you and I didn't think this was going to happen. We didn't think he was maybe going to show up. We weren't sure if he could even maybe play the par three contest or something like that. Was he even going to do a press conference? We had no idea. And now here we are wondering, okay, like where are you going to come up next, Tiger? Um, it's it's hard to look at this with anything but positivity, even if he doesn't play well. Um, yeah. You know what's tricky though is like if we have to if we have to insert a dose of realism, he did not play well on the weekend, and so at this magical golf course where he, where he can summon brilliance, like does that play elsewhere? Does Is that applicable elsewhere? I'm not convinced it is. Um, but you know what Bryson DeChambeau did today? Bryson DeChambeau went and followed Tiger Woods. Bryson missed the cut a couple of days ago. But he was out there today following Tiger Woods, and he said, I don't know how many times I'm going to have a chance to watch the greatest to ever do it. You and I don't know that either. Iona doesn't know it either. And so at this point, we take whatever we can get from Tiger Woods. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we just hope that there's a lot more. Yeah, well said. And Iona, Sean said there that Tiger has committed to playing in the Open at St. Andrews, health permitting, obviously, yeah. assuming there are no more setbacks or you know any, any other difficulties that he has physically. He told Cara Banks on Sky Sports afterwards that he will be there as a native of <laughs> St. Andrews. <laughs> what does that mean for the town and for that championship? 
<laughs> well, I think it means uh, we're all going to be squeezing in for a start. I mean, Sean, <laughs> when you come across and become an adopted resident of St Andrews, you'll you'll realise very quickly it's not a big place. You know, mm-hmm. we've got <laughs> I've already noticed streets. Yeah, and you know, there's not a lot of room to the right of the old course. You've got the um, you've got the North Sea over there and the West Sands. So, I think you know, jokes aside, it's it's huge. And one thing I thought was lovely today, we we're watching Tiger, you know, hobble up that hill. He was limping, and gosh, it was just tremendous to see what he was able to put four rounds together when you could see he was in a lot of physical pain. But, um. His mum was there, his son came in, gave him a hug, and then his daughter said, did, did you say it? Did you say it? And he said, Tiger said, yeah, yeah, I, I said, I told Sky Sports, I told Sky Sports. I didn't tell the other guys, I told Sky Sports. And we were all saying, what's he told Sky, Sky Sports? And we realised that it was, you know, he's going to play the Open. It was just, obviously means a lot to him and a lot to his family. The fact his daughter was the one asking him that, I just thought was quite telling about, you know, the Open and the prestige of that tournament. And the fact it's coming to St Andrews, the oldest major of them all, coming to the home of golf. Tiger's going to be there. Listen, guys, we all know the narrative that we want to play out, but the fact he's going to be there is enormous. I also just wanted to mention the fact that our Masters champion, Scotty Scheffler, was wearing Tiger Woods apparel <laughs> from head to toe. I don't know if you if you noticed that, but on, on the back of his shirt, he had the Tiger Woods label, and on his shoes, he had you know, TW, Tiger Woods initials. And I think that was a brilliant kind of symbol of what Tiger's done for everyone in the game. You know that you have made an impact when the world number one is wearing your shoes. That is so true. I'm currently looking at what I've got on just now. <laughs> yeah, they're not Tiger shoes. And I can't imagine any kid at any point in the future is ever going to wear like a pair of Michael McEwen shoes. Mm. We can, but hope. <laughs> I mean, shoot for the stars and all that sort of stuff. Iona, before we finish up, I have to ask Bob McIntyre. So... Not the weekend that he would have wanted, but a really solid round today, three under. It's his first time, I think, breaking 70 at Augusta in the two times that he's been here. What can Bob take away from this week? Well, Bob can take away that he can kick it with the big boys. We know that already. He's made all the cuts in major appearances he's had to this point, and... I think the fact that he's finished with a 69 today, I think is what he shot, three over for the tournament, um, finished on a high, three rounds in the 70s, one in the 60s. I think tie 23rds possibly where he's finished, but, you know, it's a great outing from Bob again, and I think he can take nothing but confidence from this week. Uh, It doesn't get any more pressureful than what you experience at the Masters, and he comes here and he's able to put on a good performance. So he's got the game... um, to perform with the very best and he he seems to enjoy doing it and that's what matters most so loads to take forward from Bob from Oban which is what he went by in the player's <laughs> manual I don't know if you saw that I certainly <laughs> did he flies the flag everywhere he goes the good man that he is and Sean next up USPGA just over a month's time at Southern Hills you know what I'm going to ask <laughs> will Phil be there? I think he will. I don't have any evidence to tell you that other than the fact that you cannot host that event. You cannot talk about that event. There will be no TV discussion about that event without Phil Mickelson being at the forefront of it. And Tiger Woods did Phil Mickelson a favor this week by showing up. Sure did. Because if Tiger is not here, there's a lot of discussion about why Phil isn't here. And now that will be different in Tulsa. Tiger may or may not be there. I bet he is. But if Phil isn't there, that is a, I mean, he's a part of every commercial that we talk about with the PGA Championship. Uh, it, it seems hard to imagine, 
but the guy has gone silent everywhere. So gone dark, as Bryson put it. You know, it's funny. I've been tracking Phil's the number of accounts he follows on Twitter. You know, his likes and everything, just waiting for a proof of life. We've got stalker. <laughs> yeah, borderline stalker. <laughs> uh, but we've gotten nothing. And his the, the number of accounts he's followed has gone between 303 and 305. Whoa. <laughs> That's okay. all I know. That's all I've got for you. I'm one to call you a stalker. I can actually tell you what Tiger Woods' tail sign is on his jet. I can actually tell you where it's parked at Augusta National or Augusta as we speak. He's probably taken off by this point. But uh, yes, let's just say we've all been following Tiger. Hey, we're just doing our job. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's what we're paid to do. Anyway, the USPGA, Phil Mickelson, all that stuff. That's for another day. Today it is all about Scott. Scotty Scheffler and the Masters Tournament. Scotty, world number one, is wearing the green jacket as we speak, and many congratulations to him. Iona, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure to catch up with you as always, and I will see you in St Andrews very soon, no doubt, I would hope. Absolutely, but just like to retract those statements once again about Adam Scott from Twitter, please. Aww. I can see they're still there. And he's a very classy man. But as ever, Michael, it's a pleasure to chat to you. Thank you for having me on. No, thank you, Iona. And he is. He's, he's a classy and very handsome man that makes me feel incredibly inferior until such times as he walks out wearing those tan jumpers, at which point <laughs> I get the win. <laughs> Sean, thank you very much indeed. I know you're against Deadline as well. You're producing a, a Rory McIlroy piece, which I have to imagine will be first class, oh, like all of your work. You so. Please do go and check out Sean's work there on golf.com. Sean, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you to you for listening to the Masters Commutes all this week. It's been a little bit of fun. Hopefully we've given you a different kind of an insight day-to-day into what's been going on behind the scenes at the Masters. I'll be back in the UK, I would like to think, on Tuesday. And I'll be back in the office hopefully Wednesday, Thursday. Bryce and I will go into the Masters in a little bit more detail and try to pick things apart as we usually do, as you become accustomed to. So thank you very much for listening and to Titleist for getting involved in this as well. Scotty Scheffler, Masters champion, thoroughly deserved it as well. So thank you for listening and we'll speak again soon. Bye-bye for now.